I'd like to call your attention to two women in the Bible that we briefly looked at on Mother's Day. And uh, I just want to read their prayer, both of them, Hannah and Mary. So if you would, please, we have your Bibles. Just briefly, we'll look at it. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, their prayers really get my attention because these are women who are nobodies in the grand scheme of man's estimation. Just another person in the census. There's another one in the population, that too a woman, and that too a person who is at home, basically. A homemaker. What significance could there be with this woman who's not even having any children? What does she have? She has a husband. She doesn't work outside. She doesn't go to some famous job. Nobody really knows. But God said, I know them. They're precious in my sight. These are noble women. Hannah prayed in 1 Samuel 2 and we'll also turn to Luke chapter 1. 1 Samuel 2. And uh, I can read it, of course. I'd love to read the Word of God. I'd like to give brothers and sisters an opportunity to use your vocal cords and your ability to speak the greatest thing you can speak, which is the Word of God. So whoever would like to read... Please read Hannah's prayer, which some Bibles have stated as prophetic, and certainly the Spirit of God inspired her, although it's not explicitly stated here. First Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 to 10, please. Hallelujah. First Samuel 2, New King James Version. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemy because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord. For there is none besides you, nor there is any rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come forth from your mouth. For the Lord is the God of knowledge. By him, actions are weighed. Those of the mighty men are broken. Those who stumbled are girded with strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread. And the hungry have ceased to hunger. Even the barren has borne seven. And she who has many children has become feeble. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and brings up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he has set the world upon them. He will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by the strength, for by strength no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king 
and exalt the horn of his anointed. Amen. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Certain elements here that just strike me without consulting anything or thinking deeply about anything just jump out at me as I consider who's praying and the nature of this woman's prayer. Now, keep your finger there or your marker, if you would please, and just turn to Luke chapter 1 and listen to the prayer of a lookalike, if you will, a woman who prays a similar type of prayer with certain elements that are common between these two women, also filled with the Holy Spirit, though not explicitly stated in the scripture that she was filled with the Holy Spirit. She definitely was, just like Hannah. Someone please read Mary's prayer in Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 46 and to 55. Praise God, Pastor. It is NLT version. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoiced in God my Savior, for he took notice of this lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I think about these two individuals, Hannah and Mary, separated by about a thousand years. The same type of spirit. And I listen to the prayer, or I read the prayer, and uh, I would expect judging from their status in society, even when they're blessed, when they are given a promise, they're happy. Their prayer is not the prayer of a typical average woman, for sure. Or a typical average man, for that matter. Why? What makes their prayer unique or different? What makes it the same between these two women. What strikes me immediately is, it's as if they're preaching in this prayer. There's no audience there, really. They're praying and saying, my heart rejoices in who? In God. My heart rejoices in God, Hannah says. Mary starts off by saying, my soul doth magnify the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Both of them are just lost in the awesome wonder of the living God and glorifying Him. A genuine prayer from the heart. They're not meaning to preach. 
but they are actually showing forth the praises of God in these simple prayers. The element that strikes me right away is anything but typical, but altogether beautiful and powerful and Holy Spirit-led is that there is a divine balance of showing forth God's mercy and His justice. These two women, who taught them? Hannah didn't go to school. Mary was also poor. She didn't go to school. They didn't have any educational systems that came centuries later in certain parts of the world. Even in the 1700s, from Hannah's time, some 2,700 years later, from Mary's time, some 1,700 years later, and that too in Europe, then later in the United States, in America, the Western Hemisphere. Women traditionally were not thought worthy of education, sad to say. And it was very difficult. If someone got an education, a female, it was uh, something of a great fortune until the barrier was broken. But the point is that where did they learn this? And I recall what the people said about Jesus. Where did this man get all this wisdom? And they said the same thing about his disciples, the apostles, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Weren't these fishermen who don't even know how to talk right? I mean, they're crude and sometimes rude. They don't have any school. But they're just rocking the whole city over here. The fear of God is coming upon the people. And we're afraid too. We've got to get rid of them. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The elements over here in the prayer. Notice what Hannah says. Is this something a typical woman would pray? When uh, God blesses, I would expect her to say, my soul rejoices. Oh, there's none as holy as the Lord. Now we're getting deeper. There is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. Okay, he sustains my family. He's given me a breakthrough. Talk no more. So exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. Now, where did that come from? Same spirit that inspired the first part. The Holy Spirit comes upon someone, man, woman, or child. The entire prayer in the focus is never lopsided, people-pleasing, or wishy-washy. If it's sincere and spirit-led, it's going to definitely have these elements. One is, is exceeding great kindness to us. It's unsearchable. We can't understand it fully. He's so loving, God is. And His love reaches so deep. He's so kind. At the same time, His holiness is something deeply understood by those who are connected to Him spiritually and rooted in His Word. Although they would not have had a formal education, let alone any theological training, quote-unquote, they knew the Word of God. There's, there's no question about that. How do they know the Word of God? 
Do they have many, many Bibles going around? Hardly. But you know what? These women, when they heard the preacher, the women who were homemakers and nobodies in the eyes of society, when they heard the word, maybe from their dad growing up, maybe from their brothers, older sisters, who in turn heard it in the synagogue or in the tabernacle, the prophets around in the wilderness over there, uh, in the courts of the king, Jeremiah, the word got around. This is what they said the Lord said. Thus saith the Lord. These women were not like the average women who are considered Christian today. Their ears perked up. Their hearts are open wide. As soon as they hear somebody speaking the word of God. That's how it got into them. What you put in is what will come out. There's no way that they just had a divine download at the moment and all these came out of heaven, yes, without their affinity and allegiance to the word of God. There was a connection. God handpicked Hannah to delay her childbearing so that he can use her for a bigger purpose. She gave birth to a man who judged Israel and delivered them. A prophet and a priest, Samuel. A man who God endorsed instantly by thunder and rain at his word. When he called Israel to question and asked them how wickedly you've done in asking for a king. Now God is going to show up. And God showed up. To the point they feared God and feared Samuel. Imagine giving birth to such a child. Is it worth the wait? Is it worth the agony of having an adversary put you down because as if something's wrong with you? Especially in that culture. And if you didn't have a child, you were considered cursed. But she held fast. God gave a revelation. The woman was filled with the Holy Spirit and so was her son. Mary, no needs to say. Woman called blessed among women. Uniquely appointed to bear the Son of God in his human body. But both women had a quality. It is similar to what we preach from the Word of God that no one can expect to go instantly to God, become a butterfly at the last second while being a caterpillar all their lives, never soaring with God and being spotless. But there's a track record that at some point I may have been a worldling. I may have been a person who pursued my selfish ends and my motives truly if uncovered even though I smiled on the outside and said nice things and helped people even deep in my heart it's a lot of darkness but at some point I said I'm sick and tired even if nobody knows even if nobody thinks anything bad of me they actually applaud me I have an unsettled feeling because before God 
I'm not true and I can't have that. Let every man be a liar, but let God be true. Let God be true and every man a liar. I care more about what God sees on my heart than what man praises on the outside. Hannah and Mary were of such caliber. They had a connection with God. Whatever word they heard, they took it to heart and that's why these prayers were coming out at that point in time. But notice, she switches, Hannah does, from saying, Lord, you're my strength. You've exalted my strength, Lord. I've been set free. I've had a breakthrough. And she says, I rejoice in you. There's none holy as the Lord. There's none beside thee. Neither is any rock like our God. It sounds like a prophet to me praying this prayer. Talk no more so exceedingly proud. Who's she talking to? It's a message to the world, to Israel, her neighbors, her family, everyone. Whether they heard it or not, the world's been hearing it for 2,700 years. Ever since she first breathed that prayer. This is the Spirit of God in the prayer. She's not meaning to preach. She's not thinking something. I I should influence this person. I hope this one's hearing my prayer. No, she is flowing in the Holy Spirit. And God is speaking and saying, this is how someone talks and prays who really loves me and knows me. They cannot help but talk about God's justice as well as his mercy. They cannot help but speak what the Holy Spirit says to warn the wicked that your time is up while thanking God for his exceeding great mercy to them. We get an accurate picture of how God expects us to be and think and speak and pray. Have we lost it? In our generation especially, people-pleasing prayers, prayers that are lovey-dovey and wishy-washy, and you talk about holiness, it becomes uh, almost a taboo word. Now, where are they going with that prayer? Talk about justice, ooh, now, you're going to step on some, on some toes. I don't know if I want to be around for this prayer. It's starting to turn me off already. The bows of the mighty men are broken. Hannah, really? You're supposed to be thanking God for the child that God gave you. What are you talking about mighty men? whose bows are broken and they that stumble are girded with strength. What is this balancing act that God is doing that you're so excited about? She was excited. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread. And they that were hungry ceased. So that the barren hath borne seven, and she that hath many children is waxed feeble. Every mountain shall be made a plain, every valley exalted. Very similar, Hannah and Mary's prayers to John the Baptist and the prophets. This shows that any one of us, if we read the word of God and understand the word of God, have a hunger and thirst for God and put him first above everything else, God can fill us to overflowing so that many, many people, generations will be blessed. Glory be to God. We may be thought of it as insignificant by the world. Who cares? We want an audience with the living God. We want the honor that comes from him. As Jesus instructed. As I read further, can you imagine a woman, a homemaker, nobody saying, 
the Lord maketh poor and maketh rich, he bringeth low and lifteth up, and before that the Lord killeth. Why is that woman praying that? Can you imagine people in a prayer meeting? What is she talking about? The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. It's a little morbid sounding to me. Why don't you just praise him and talk about his goodness and preach the good stuff? You have a God of your own imagination then. Because the good stuff, quote unquote, includes God's justice. Because he loves, he will execute justice on behalf of his glorious name and on behalf of his people. He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill. Hallelujah. To set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he hath set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. She sounds like a mother in Israel to me. She sounds like Deborah, one of these prophetesses and judges. Full of truth. Unrehearsed. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. On point. The Holy Spirit speaking directly, word for word. That's why it's in the Bible. And the prayers are very similar between Hannah and Mary. And very similar to the prophets, the judges, the priests, and the Son of God himself. Hallelujah. A mother, a wife, homemaker. Shouldn't you be a little quiet? These sound like fighting words to me. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Yes, Satan, as the Hebrews would say, is hearing. Satan, he's hearing. And Hannah said, let him hear. Because God is on the throne and he will break the enemy to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. Interesting. What we just spoke about, that her very son would call thunder from heaven. The mother already is prophesying. Years before. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. This prayer of uh, ten verses, that's all it is. So power-packed. It's speaking of justice and not from education from this world. What is education in this world compared to this? Wouldn't you rather have this any day than any education by this world standards? Any degrees, any accolades, any position? To be the mouthpiece of the living God and to speak such glorious truths about the attributes of God? The love of God and the justice of God. Oh, he's holy. I know my God. And this is how I'm going to pray. Hallelujah. Bold. Flip over to Luke for a moment. Luke chapter 1. See similar elements. And she prayed, Mary did, in verse 46. My soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. So far, it sounds like a 
prayer that a, a woman who's just been blessed with some great news from heaven, thanking God, soft and serene, rejoicing, but no waves stirred here. And the next verse, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Wonderful Mary, are you done? For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. Here we go. Just like Hannah, the holiness of God and his mercies is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. So far, it seems to be okay for most people. Here's where the trouble comes. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. I can just see, similar to Jeremiah, Isaiah, Elijah, a flame in their eyes. Not just a sparkle, a flame in their eyes. They are overtaken by the Holy Spirit. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent away empty. He hath helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to seed forever. And then you read, just like Hannah, went back with Alcana, his husband, her husband, and everything was back to what? the quote-unquote normal life. And Mary abode with her about three months, her cousin Elizabeth, and returned to her own house. What happened? This is what happens when somebody is led by the Spirit of God. There's no show, no drama, but there's fire, as well as great adoration for God's mercy and appreciation. I trust that looking at these two prayers would have helped you, if not before, to see these unique things about these otherwise gentle and uh, calm homemakers, women who are considered just one among the crowd, filled with the Spirit, they began to speak by the Spirit. Imagine if our prayers were like these. Not to imitate word for word. That's not the point. That would be fake, I believe. But to be in touch with God and when we hear the word of God to say, God is calling me to pay attention because he's speaking right now and he's expecting something from me. Oh, he's waiting for that response. He's looking eagerly to see who is going to listen carefully to carry out what I said. That's all I'm interested in. That means I can hear 500,000 sermons in a lifetime if I'm Able to, not one of them will do me any good unless I take it seriously and obey the Lord's instructions. On the contrary, a person can hear just one sermon and become a powerhouse for God because they were of a noble heart. They took it to heart and they followed it with all their hearts. That's the change. That's the difference. And what happens when you're privileged to hear day after day the pure word of God? Oh, there must be a tremendous change, bigger than any nuclear explosion. And we look at Hannah and Mary and 
And he said, Lord, these are just common folk. But how powerfully they spoke, Lord. They were filled with genuine love for you. And they were ready to speak of your vindication. It's part of it. To look at it and say, Lord, make me like this. Make me like this, oh God. If this is what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You look at Peter, you look at John, you look at Paul. You can't escape this, can you? Unless you are a selective reader, like some people selectively hear what they want to hear. We just cannot go through the Bible and ignore these things. We have to come to a point and say, Lord, what is my prayer like? And how am I conscious or what am I conscious of when I pray? Oh, to be perfect with a pure stream from heaven. I want to pray humbly before you, Lord, just what you want, Lord. And my heart rejoices in you, Lord. And I can't help but talk about your justice. Because there's evil still. We're not in heaven yet. Evil must be crushed under the feet of my Lord. Hannah and Mary knew that full well. Because they were obedient to God. They feared the Lord. They loved the Lord. That's why their prayers were answered. And that's why they were handpicked by God. There's a certain quality about them. Just like we spoke of Noah and even Abraham. There are some people who no matter what God does, They'll be stubborn and turn a cold shoulder. They'll take all the blessings and leave the blesser. Oh, many people are like that. But there are those among the few who look beyond the blessing and they're absolutely in love with the blesser. They're connected with the heart of Almighty God. May we be like Hannah and Mary. All of us. What a privilege.